Hey, we're Ramones of the Day, and this is Garden of Serenity. One, two, three, four! Welcome to Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every Ramones song alphabetically from 53rd to the word zero. I'm Molly. And I'm Philip. And today we have very special guest, Matt Devaney. Hello. Of the Mowgli's. How are you? Just stop right And by. other things, not just the Mowgli's. Other things. You other played things. in Taint Stick? I was in Taint Stick. Hey, uh, I've heard of Taint Stick. Yeah, world what, famous. What <laughs> forget, I will never forget that Did name. you come to a, a Taint Stick show? I think I did. I hope you but did. But I first saw it on Molly's car. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, that was the thing. That was like a monumental moment. For, I, I kind of felt like we had made it when her, that sticker was on her yeah. car. She has, she didn't, it's not like she has a ton of stickers on there. Well, no. I actually removed that sticker because we are going to sell the car and then you ended up not selling the car that's and I was right. so bummed yeah. out that oh, I was like ah. yeah, that's a anyway. tough sticker to come by I know well <laughs> yeah anyway um, okay so today we're discussing Garden of Serenity uh, from 1987's Halfway to Sanity that is correct do you want to jump in on some factoids here I would love to Molly thank you so much you're so welcome uh, this song is written credited as Dee Dee and Daniel Ray uh, this album was produced by Daniel Ray I actually uh read somewhere recently that part of the reason why he this was his Daniel Ray's first producing job and part of the reason he got it was because it would be his first so it would be dirt cheap sure yeah and they didn't want to spend any money on it that's correct it would be dirt cheap yep (laughs) Uh, is that true if you're a producer and you haven't produced before then they you yeah I mean like demand much money yeah you you should probably be doing your first records for free I would have got it got it if you want your name out there at all yeah yeah well he was a musician wasn't he he was a yes he was a musician and he was already like writing songs and playing little guitar parts with the band but then I think when this came along at this point in the Ramones career it's like eyes on the prize of we want to tour enough to earn enough cash so that we can retire and actually survive right so i think the quality of the production was second yeah you know so it was like oh well daniel knows how those knobs work yeah just keep turning them (laughs) just keep turning them until it sounds good yeah (laughs) Uh, i gave this a song category mental illness okay it seems like he's haunted by many Demons, both literal and mental. Okay. Um, the uh, the uh, song, the playlist, uh, they the Ramones played this song forty nine times. Okay. Is that more or less? I think to that play the game. I is think that, more? that I think that resonates actually with me. That's as, pretty good. As a pretty good number for this okay. song. All right. Um, because this song is one of their quote unquote hits. I mean, I'm saying hits, not like it was played on the radio, but like this hits. is a song that people would know. Like a fan favorite. Yeah, like people would recognize Garden of Serenity as like sure. a, a popular Ramon song. So at the time, to- at the time off this album, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. It's like in, in in the context of the Ramones, like this is one of their songs that you know. Well, uh, to that end, when I was looking up uh, the number of times they played it live uh, on that, oh no, no, I'm blanking on it. It was like setlist.fm is the name of the site, and they have all the concerts. Yep. Um, uh, it'll show. If anybody covered it, if any major artist covered it, and the Misfits covered it a couple times. Oh, really? So That's it felt fun. like it was in that realm of like, oh yeah, we like this song, but it's not like a super fire hit. But totally. But yeah, it's got a little of their vibe. This song there. actually reminded me of like that that era of punk, a bit, like a right? Misfits, like darker, gothier kind yeah, of. Yeah, it is gothy. Yeah, it's isn't a goth it? song. It kind of reminds me of 
Concrete Blonde. Do you guys know Concrete Blonde? They I did this whole like album that's like about vampires in like Louisiana. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. They did an Anne Rice album. Yeah, basically their Anne Rice <laughs> album, which I I still have and I listen to all the time. That's it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, but yeah, th- that happened, and uh, and then I don't know if this is a uh, I don't know if this is a um, a fact necessarily, but since Daniel Ray was a co-writer, and I know his uh, his involvement with playing guitar, I feel like that intro riff is either surely him mm. or once again uh, Walter Lure is credited Back again. is credited being uh, part of this like a small part of this album but I couldn't find someone who said like yeah they they he were played the, on this song. the amazing intro riff of Garden yeah. of <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it is at least more intricate than than what Johnny normally throws at right yeah yeah right as it's not bashy power chords yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, I didn't look up how this song sounded live sometimes you can find a lot of times you can find videos of them playing it and I wondered how that goes I think they've just as they've done in the past, there was another one like this that we covered recently that they just skip by that part and just get to the yeah, just get move. to the bashy chords. Yeah, just move <laughs> along. Yeah. Bashy chords. Well, this is uh, Richie. Richie. This on is drums. Richie's last last album. And right. I almost never like single out the instruments on songs, but for okay. some reason the drums really stuck out to me on this song. I, I'm, I'm and standing, I enjoyed it. I'm standing it's by better. something that I said. I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't know that much about drums either. Neither do I. But, <laughs> but I feel like in the category of the Ramones, Richie is the Ramones drummer who has like enough like flourishes that I notice him as good. Yeah, yeah he seems a little more experienced. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. It just yeah, but it was he was up. he more sober? <laughs> well, maybe. Not a maybe, you know, yeah, maybe. Like it's possible. I've never I've never heard stories of super. I mean, here's here's the only thing I'm going to say about Richie because I know absolutely nothing about him is that in the documentary he is wearing a suit. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. they okay. they filmed this man for the Ramones documentary and he's wearing a suit. So right. I think that says a lot about Richie. <laughs> you yeah, know? Richie seems like the most like. Sometimes we talk about who we could be friends with in Ramones, and I feel like I could be friends with Richie. He's just like a class act. Just a nice you know? guy. Yeah, just seems more like a dude. He's going to work. You know what <laughs> yeah, mean? he's like going to he work. Drums, well, when, like... did, when did he join the band? He, think... joined, he joined the band with Too Tough to Die in 85. 85, and this record was 87. And he left because he was upset they weren't giving him enough money for t-shirts. They right. basically said, You're, okay. you know, you don't have seniority, so we're not going to give you third drummer. Well, yeah, he, yeah. He, I mean, he was hired into the band, correct? Right. You know, so. But, yes. his, name, but his name was on the shirt. That's his. That's that, okay, his that, big that is a problem area. That's, that's definitely a problem. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've had that, that dispute too. No, no, so. I, know, <laughs> I, know. Like, I have no opinion either way. Uh, so, I had a question uh, because this was. Written by Dee Dee Ramon, but mm-hmm. also with Daniel Ray, mm-hmm. an outsider of the band, sort of an insider, like friend to all. It seems like he was sort of a mitigator. Yeah, like he, he could, was around. He was around, <laughs> and he could be friends with all of them, which was outstanding. Yeah, in its own right. But Matt, you had mentioned that in the Mowgli's, people will write songs with with people outside of the band yeah. and bring them in. Uh, how does that? I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> you were saying it was like sometimes you can feel like the spirit of it changes based on whether you're like the band members are doing it or working with outside people. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, generally, if you step in for like for me, if I step into a songwriting session, I don't try to think about writing a song for my band. 
I try okay. to I try to think about writing a song that's just good, mm-hmm. a good song, good good melodies, hooks, everything's good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with us, we've had positive and negative experiences where like. I'll get a song sent to me that three of my members and so and so producer did, and it's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But mm-hmm. it, I just don't, I don't know, I don't feel confident that like people should go in and co-write with other people if you have a band behind it. Like if you if you're in a band mm-hmm. and you split off from it and you go and co-write a bunch of songs with the biggest producer in the world or like Rihanna or whoever it is at the time. Like those songs probably shouldn't be for your band's record, hmm. unless the band hears them and goes, "Oh, you channeled the band. Hmm. We didn't think you were going to do that. We thought you were going to write a song for the radio or something." Um, so you I prefer the group spirit. I, I prefer all, the band. I do. Yeah. I've had some very positive experiences working with just one other songwriter or mm-hmm. working in a small group of like three people from the band and then three people from a different band. Hmm. And those worlds colliding, like you sit down, you smoke a joint, and you're like, "What are we gonna do now? Let's see what happens here." Like, <laughs> like when you've got like two bass players and two drummers sitting in the room together, oh, yeah. you're like, "Who's gonna write the part?" <laughs> but generally, then they end up writing it together, and it's kind of a cool thing. It ends okay. up being a collaborative thing. And like I said, even if the song sucks, at least you did a song. Yeah, yeah you totally. Continued working that day. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. You didn't just give up and get in your car and leave. <laughs> Drive Which I've wanted to, to do before at songwriting <laughs> sessions. Uh, so pushing that a step further, of the songs that you've had that you like are now like you have to play that in your set list forever. Sure. Those are the big songs. Those I take it have all been like big band collaboration. Um, yeah, there's for the most part. There's there's three songs that have been the most successful for us. Okay. Uh, one of them was written completely just the band. Okay. The the next one was written by don't name names. No 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 no. There there won't be any names. Here. Oh, I, I was joking. No, you can uh, do whatever you want. I mean, trust me, I don't even know if my band would even listen to this podcast. No, oh not. come on! But I want them I'm to. Personally I'm, offended. There, there will there will be. I will be tweeting them about it, but I don't know if they're going to read my Twitter. Um, and so there was that. that they're one making song. their own podcast with their own group. They would, they would want to, but they're not smart enough sorry. to do so. Um, <laughs> I like where this is going. So anyway, the, the first one, written by everyone collectively, really fun. Which song is that? That's, that's the song "San Francisco." Okay. That, that's the one that actually did things for I us. I would have, I would have guessed. It, it was a huge hit. Yeah, yes. it was. Uh, Twenty thirteen was a good year because of that song yeah. for us. Um, the second song that came out of it was uh, a song called "Say It, Just Say It," uh-huh. which was actually just written by one person and uh, his producer. Hmm. But because we were in this vein of like everyone's got a track on that record, everyone's got to be involved, we ended up like splitting the song equally as songwriting credit, which was okay. kind of weird. And then the last song that that was our most popular is, is a song called "I'm Good." That came out last year, which was not even supposed to be written by us. We we were supposed to come in and like feature on it or like sing a little bit, and then we ended up sitting in a room with it was the whole band. It was seven of us at the time, and then a producer, his three buddies, some other girl was in the back. It was like when you look at if you ever look at I'll send this to you if you ever look at the songwriting credit and the publishing credits on this one song, Uh it is a nightmare (laughs) to look at. It's like we've had. We've had many like offers to to license this song for a commercial or whatever, 
And then they get the documentation that oh, goes, oh, man. there's 16 songwriters. Oh. I'm not clearing this with all of their oh, lawyers and stuff yeah. like that. So we've lost some opportunities, but that's become a fan favorite regardless. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. so, but even in that, that situation, which I thought was kind of the worst situation to be in where you have a whole band and then like another band that's <laughs> not even a band in the room at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I still thought that that song came out really well. Yeah. And even though it wasn't like a successful radio song, it is a successful live song. So yeah. Everyone's happy, I guess. Now, did you guys have a period of time in the band where everybody got credit? Yes. Like, like it was just written by the Mowgli's? It was, uh, yeah, I mean, written by the Mowgli's and everyone retained an equal share of that but song. That, but you Matt don't do Mowgli. that anymore. Uh, no, that not anymore. anymore. Okay. No. Because that is something that, obviously, the Ramones, the Ramones did that for how many... Like for three, four, at least four, four or five albums. Yeah, five albums. which I, then, I think is a great career building move. I think if you want longevity, you want your your counterparts sure. to be happy. Mm-hmm, I would yeah. I would be bummed if one person wrote San Francisco and mm-hmm. you know all the paychecks went to them. And yeah, now I'm yeah. Sitting at home, like not making any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it builds but, resentment. Yeah, exactly. So, but then it you know it, it's just no one wants to deal with that. People want credit where credit's deserved, and right. You know, I think I think people deserve that, especially sure. now where these these percentage points are your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and other producers. So you're saying it makes sense that. for a group to start off giving everybody credit, and then at some point, yeah, I think it's if the, the re- band survives, that they yeah. should. That's interesting. If you okay. if you are no one and you're writing songs that no one potentially could hear, then what does it matter if yeah, it's split equally? Yeah. It matters when it becomes famous or popular or whatever you're I was going to say it's the it, and I and I don't mean to downplay it but it's that kind of like a, the best problem to have yes absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh it's such a headache dividing up this money yeah. it's like, so tough oh, <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean I know it, it's, it's got its own headaches but yeah that's the and and even I mean, even with us it's like we wrote a successful song but we split it between eight people mm-hmm. so however much money it made was still nothing to each of us. Sure. Yeah, because eight people <laughs> yeah. in the band. It's not, it's not working. How many people are in the band these days? Six people. Six people. Yeah, six people. All right. Um, I think this song is a lot about haunted houses. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It, it kind of is. Okay. It, it's it's kind of like he has a weird... Uh, now I can't remember the lyrics, but there's uh, something meet about... Meet me in the graveyard, we'll yeah. walk among the dead on a midnight odyssey riding in my head. It's kind of the like the most PG horror movie. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, a graveyard. <laughs> you know? This is pre-Saw. Yeah, less, I mean? less torture porn. Yeah, yeah, this is not torture porn. This is... It's more like Bride thriller. Of Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, it's thriller. Yeah. That's it. Oh my God, wait. Oh no, that would have come out earlier. But still, yeah, maybe... Yeah. yeah. This okay. We might as well. Molly and I have realized that as the only Ramones podcast out there, sure. we're basically experts, so we're writing history. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we might as well say Just this song. We're doing it means we're obviously experts. Yeah. yeah. So we might as well say <laughs> this song was largely inspired by the video Thriller. <laughs> I would I would agree with it. To dispute. Oh, man, go not, ahead and dispute not, it. Let's not go down that road. Let's not go down that road. Um. um well, I like I like this song a lot. I like I do too. I like almost everything about it except for the chorus. Really? I think that What don't chorus, you like about the chorus? That chorus is chunky and just it it, 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 it it doesn't like that does not flow off the tongue as well as Okay. It's I a little like. bit of an annoyance of a chorus. Like yeah. it's just like 
<laughs> over and over again. It just didn't didn't do it. You know, no. it, didn't, it didn't like hit like a chorus should. I mean, not that they're not that they were actually trying to be like that. I mean, wait, was this one of those records where they were trying to be? No, this is this was this like is, the fun kind of record. This like, is still a little later. This is after. This is after they gave up. Right. Uh, yeah, kind and, of. And it's probably, I mean, a, it's, it's probably a low point of the friendliness between the band members. and They're probably getting pretty tired. Yes, you for know? sure. Yeah. But, but, I think, but I think like the surrounding pieces of that, I actually always find myself liking way more. But it's that chorus that I'm always going, hmm, well, could have topped that one. Okay. That's my feelings. I, I like this song. I have no problem with the chorus at all. It's like one of their like more heavier. No, I wouldn't call this song heavy metal by any no. means, but it's like a heavier rock and roll song mm-hmm. for the Ramones. Right, sure. And I really like it. And I think a lot of people really liked this song. It's a darker song. Yeah, it's it a is much dark. darker tone yeah, than what they've darker. done. It's so. like you said, like it's gothic. Yeah, it it's is, a gothy kind of yeah. song. It is the pre like it, no joke because of the album right before it, but it's the predecessor to Pet Cemetery. It was like, yeah. you know, I mean, it has a lot of the similar type of thing. It was totally. like, well, we're probably going to keep working on that for a while. Yeah, we'll fine tune that bit. He wrote that one too. Well, it's like, because the Ramones do have these kind of like genres that they, they you know, they've got this like 50s doo-wop thing. Not mm-hmm. doo-wop, but the 50s like, you yeah. know. 50s rockabilly Rockabilly almost. thing that they do. And they have like a punk thing that they do. And they, and I think this is something that they started to mature into in their later years. This more like heavier rock and roll sound. And I think this is one of the yeah. instances where I think they're... For me, they do it well. Almost like a, almost like a Black Sabbath style. Not quite a cult, but like, oh, I heard some Black Sabbath songs. Let's let's. They, they sing about graveyards, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. But Matt, yeah. you were thinking that this was not one that you loved. <laughs> it's it's not one that I loved. No. Um, I, I I don't know. I guess like I never got into that style of of punk. That sure. like gothic thing you know mm-hmm. the, the darkness to it the lyrics are very cool i think that that is a cool type of way to describe a song especially when you're talking like a cemetery type of thing like <laughs> it's like a fun you're strolling through the cemetery <laughs> like, what's gonna pop up over there you know well, I think yeah, this is what, an instance of like a little bit of good storytelling on their modes part which i think they yeah. do a lot and i think the storytelling kind of helps yeah. Give this song some buoyancy. Sure. You know? It always surprises us when we say that. Although, when you think about it, at this point, what is it? It's like nine albums in? Ten. Like, yeah, they would have... Ten, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you learn a lot and You learn a lot. Sure yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you like, learn yeah, a lot. Yeah, I gotta put these thoughts together. Um, so, I just really quickly wanted to oh, mention, I, uh, I found this blog... Georgie77.blogspot.com. Oh, sure, Georgie77. <laughs> the reason, I guess he, I guess he's like a, a, a music critic. Okay. Clarence is a punk, volume one, two, three, four. Anyway, he breaks down the Ramones, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because he's got, um, he, he talks about the Ramones and he has some categories like what you already know, and then he lists songs you already know by the Ramones, like uh, Rock and Roll High School, Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio? Sure. Um, what You May Well Know, KKK to My Baby Way. And then he's got some other categories, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because he's got one that says three good Ramon songs that aren't very Ramones. Hey! And he says it Ramones. He and does not yes, spell it. R A M O N E S dash Y. See? The internet. When you think you thought of something original, yeah, they got, we got it. it. And this was in there? Uh, no, not this oh, song. Oh, man. Not this song. Oh, that would have been perfect. But that would have been a perfect story. But there are some things <laughs> off of this um, album that he talks about. Well, I'm going to say I like this song. 
I'm, I, I'm I love voted. this song. I'll you give vo- it a you're love. Gonna love. Yeah, love it. Love it, love it. Okay. Love Matt, it, love it, love I, it. I like this song. Wow, yeah. we got them up to them. Like, if they played no. this <laughs> in concert, I'd be like, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. If you would have seen it, if there's four, you had 49 opportunities yeah. to say yeah. <laughs> um, Punk News did not like this album. No? No. In general, Halfway to Sanity did not get very good. I kind of feel like this is the, I, I, think, I may have said it before, but I feel like I always have a hard time remembering this album. Yeah. A lot of it. A lot of it. They're all yeah. kind of like this, and it's almost one of those, it's one of those albums where there are songs on there that are either like versions that were done better. It's like, oh, you've done that before, right. kind of, but you did it better before. Or you're going like this, where it's yeah. like, oh, Pet Cemetery is going to be on the next one. <laughs> and it's going to be way better. Yeah, well, I don't know. I like I don't this know. One. You know what I mean? Um, also, but I always, I, I'm not that harsh on it, but yeah, they didn't like it. No, didn't really like it at all. <laughs> um, but they also said that they thought that uh, Richie was the worst Ramon ever. Oh my God. And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is I want to open it up to the panel. Uh, to the panel. Who do you think is the worst Ramones ever? Who do I Why? think is the worst Ramon? Yeah. Worst? Who's the worst Ramon? Wow. And this is an interesting question because I know like, like Philip uh, I doesn't really like Johnny that much personally, I don't think. <laughs> I, d- I disagree with a lot of Johnny. Sure. sure. So, like, As does that do? make Johnny the worst Ramon because you don't like no. him? Or like, oh, we probably can't even. No, think that I don't way. think. I don't think that's. Boy, that's probably Elvis. I, I Ramon, can't. I can't right? believe I was. Spr- that's a cheat. Well, <laughs> but no, no, that's not. That's. But probably. I mean, I'm, I just thought that was like, is Richie really the worst Ramon? I don't know. About I'm going to answer this in the weirdest way I possibly can. Yeah. Um, with uh, famous movie Batman actors. Okay. Uh, so, as we all know, there have been many actors who have played Batman yeah. in the movies, yeah. the modern era. Yeah. And oftentimes, George Clooney gets labeled as the worst one. Oof. Mostly because he was in, unarguably, the worst yeah. Batman movie. Maybe one of the most worst movies. Yeah, I think he yeah. also had nipples on his suit. Yes, oh, he yeah, did. Yeah. sure did. That's it's sexy, awful. Sexy, sexy yeah. nipples. It's and awful. I've, and I always kind of thought was like that's unfair because in the right like in the right realm George Clooney should have totally nailed this part it's like he kind of is Bruce Wayne and like how did that not work but then I realized it was like yeah but when you add up the math he kind of is the least good he's the least good Batman and I wonder if that same thing could be said is because Richie. the albums weren't that good that he's the worst Ramon? I, I wonder... And ex- in better albums, maybe he wouldn't be seen so poorly? Or? I, I don't want to... I, I hate throwing them under the bus. I I kind of like Richie a little more than Marky mm-hmm. for the fact that Richie's high point on Too Tough to Die is so high yeah. that I don't know if Marky's other things quite match that. But Great point. But, boy... And I don't want to shit on CJ. I know. But I think I have to say CJ. Yeah, I might have to say CJ too. That's that's just a, because <laughs> No, he, do you know this was CJ came in and took over for DD. Right, okay. And yeah, CJ yeah. was like an 18-year-old guy that they got out of like the Marines and he was like a Ramones fan. Was this when DD had like gone into This when they this is when they, they kicked, kicked him out and everything yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. When he left. Well, I guess I'll just agree with you cuz it's not that <laughs> but guy. He's a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Worst Ramon. Anyway. Man, I can't believe you sprung this on me. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, gonna th- I'm going, I'm going to drive home thinking about it. I'm going like, <laughs> yeah, to mull over my answer. I have lots of, boy, I can't let it go. Okay, anyway. Uh, most valuable Ramon though? Let's make a positive. All right. Do you have a most valuable for this? Absolutely. 
You did. Joey Let's, Ramone. I, <laughs> I actually fell for that. <laughs> really? Yeah, man. You like his. Here's the thing. We just did. We just did Freak Nature, mm-hmm. Freak of Nature, or whatever. Yeah. Where I think Joey's doing some weird heavy Didi metal impression. voice that does not work at all, and it's like Joey, why are you doing this? But I feel like in this song, Garden of Serenity, Joey's doing something a little bit different, and it's working for me. It's it's, it's like the difference of of. Of him trying too hard and not trying too hard or something. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it, but... Matt? Um, you know, I think maybe maybe I would go Joey as well. Okay. I think it, it's the type of song that's a little different for him to do. Yeah. Um, and it being that, like, punk goth thing. and like, The way I always looked at Joey was that he, you know, he, he was kind of goth. He was this, like, okay. weird, like... Super pale? Yeah, super pale. Obviously dressed like a punk, but like reminded me of what a goth kid might be at some point. Hmm. And the song fits him. Okay. I am going uh, with Daniel Ray. I'm going with Daniel Ray because... Because you think he played the guitar? I think he played the guitar. (laughs) I think he played the guitar. He definitely produced the the album. Yeah. and, And probably my favorite part is that little... I like the way it starts. I mean, I like the song a lot, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm it's going creepy. Yeah, it's, it's, great. it's appropriately creepy. Cool. Okay, good. Anything well, else? I think we've no. done it. I think we've Nailed done it. it. Yeah. I think we've done it, guys. Now, and we left people thinking with something because now I'm going to think about who the worst Ramon is. Yeah, yeah please uh, comment on our SoundCloud, guys. Tell us yeah. who you think. Oh yeah, who do you think? Oh yeah, this is not the... a real jerk. About yeah, it. I know. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> um. Okay, well, thank you guys for joining us today on uh, uh, Ramones of the Day. That's our show. Please follow us on Twitter, <laughs> at Ramones Podcast. You can find Matt DePani on Twitter. Now, are you just pretty much on Twitter, or like, do you do uh, Instagram? Or- I, I have Twitter and Instagram that I use pretty regularly. Uh, Facebook is primarily for my mother and, uh, <laughs> and, my, and my band's Facebook page. That's All right, well, well, if you're Matt's mom, you can face him. Follow him on yeah. Facebook. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't follow back on Facebook. <laughs> Everybody else, Matt Sorry, Panny yeah. on Twitter. Okay. Well, join us next time. We will be discussing "Gimme Gimme Shot Treatment" on Ramones of the Day. <laughs>